Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is evangelist Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm looking forward today getting deeper into Genesis chapter 12. Now, we read a little bit last study, and we'll probably look at it again, about this uh, Abrahamic covenant, this promise that God begins to make to Abraham. And by the way, it's still binding today. What an applicable and appropriate text for us to look at when you consider the climate of our culture, the condition of our world, the things going on around the globe today, and what a reminder it is that it's important that you and I remain a friend to Israel and that our country as well remains a friend to Israel because in this promise is a promise to bless us if we will bless Israel, and it's still binding today. I said this in church. I preached last night uh, in another state, and I told them it's insane for someone to think God is anti-Semitic, and it's a shame, and it's a shame uh, and insane that some preachers are that way. They do not rightly divide their Bible, and there is something that circulates uh, called replacement theology. There's a lot of damnable heresies. Calvinism is one. Uh, replacement theology is another. Baby baptism, there's a lot. But anyway, replacement theology teaches falsely that the church has replaced Israel, and and that God has cast off his people forever, and that now you and I have laid claim to every promise that God made to the Jew. That is not true whatsoever. God has cast off his people for a season, Romans 11, but he will bring them back in. After the fullness of the Gentiles, God will again bring Israel back into the forefront. They're still the apple of his eye, and he will deal with them during the tribulation period. He will thresh the wheat and separate the tares, and God will save his nation. Israel will be saved as one man, physical national salvation for the nation of Israel. And uh, don't get that twisted. Here's what he said in Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I'll show thee. And I'll make of thee a great nation, and I'll bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. I think about all those Middle Eastern, Arab, Muslim countries. They are so far back in the Stone Age. They live largely like animals. They have no sense of morality. They're brutal. They abuse women. Uh, they uh, they are horrible to children. I mean, just, and, and you see, you're painting with the broad brush. Well, they've earned it. And you just look at the way that those people act and live and the hatred and the vitriol and uh, how vicious that they are. And I tell you, that is the that is the fruit of them hating Israel, and <clears throat> they're reaping the bad benefit of this promise. If you do not bless, you'll be cursed, and they have been cursed. There's no doubt about it. You can look. They live uh, almost like animals, many of them in the rocks and dens of that arid region. They have a part of the world that does not produce uh, any kind of lush life. Uh, they make their money off of corruption and 
uh, extortion and, uh, and just bad dealings, uh, they're cursed. I mean, just just that's just what it is. Now, those people need the gospel, and they can be saved, but you see how it is over there now. I'm glad that in our history, America's been a friend to the Jew. Now, it's a little bit sketchy today. We have a lot of these liberal snowflake politicians, these entitled brats from big cities. Uh, many of them have ties to, by the way, those Middle Eastern people that hate the Jew, and now they are propagating anti-Semitic intentions and feelings in our own country. And we see that on our Ivy League campuses, our college campuses. By the way, Christian parent, how bad does it have to get? What do you need to make you see that it is a waste of your money and really it is destroying probably the lives of your children to send them to a secular college like that. Why would you spend all of your your years praying, nurturing, reading the Bible to your young person and just to send them off to a secular institution to get messed with by some person who is headed for hell? Why not send them to a Christian college? Why not give them a higher education in a place that is a place that strives for higher ground and holiness with God and Will prepare them to live in this wicked world and stand as a soldier for Jesus Christ. We have far too much emphasis placed on, on, on a, a worthless piece of paper from a worldly institution so that somebody can make money and live a comfortable life in a world that is headed for hell. Whenever the Lord tells us, hey, listen, that in this world you're going to have a tribulation, that uh, this world is going to come to an end, and only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. We've gone from being a living sacrifice to wanting to live, uh, I mean, high on the hog and enjoy things in this world. But God will bless those that bless Israel. I wouldn't have any part to do with any kind of institution that is anti-Israel. God will curse that crowd. That's a promise in the Bible. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land under the place of Sikkim, under the plain of Morai, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And watch what Abraham does in response to God's blessing, God's promise, and God's goodness. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. I love Abram's response. Abraham's first response to God being so rich and real in his life is he builds an altar. What is that? He makes sure there's a place for worship, a place for praise, a place for thanking and gratitude and devotion and sacrifice. And Abraham said, you know what? We're not going to make it uh, without it. We must have an altar. And thank God for that. Verse 8, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east. And there he, watch the phrase, builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going still toward the south. So we find the emphasis placed on Abram, Abraham and altars. In fact, you never find Abraham very far from an altar. His life is connected. Abraham's a family man. Abraham's a faithful man. Abraham's a man who is a fe- fellowshipper and friend with God. But he's also a man that frequently used 
an altar. You'll find that word altar mentioned throughout the scripture, and God places a great emphasis on having a spot for man to meet with God. An altar is a place where time and eternity intersect, where man and the creator of man meet together, where God and man do business. God shows us in the Bible. Altars were important. Genesis 8, Noah got off the ark. What did he do? He built an altar. Abraham's following that pattern. He's building an altar. It tells me an altar is essential. Shame on you pastors that don't use or have opportunity for your people to use an altar in the service. I heard a, a preacher the other night preached in a church, and it was a good church. He probably ought not have been there anyway. But anyway, he's preaching there, and, uh, and he kind of took a shot at giving an invitation or an altar call. God help. I mean, that individual ought to just go get another job, do something. What's the point? God's people come to church not to hear you, not to listen to you exposit something. They're not coming to meet with you or be impressed by your supposed intellect or your oratorical skills. They're coming to meet with God, and man will meet with God at an altar. It's a designated place to do business with God. Every family ought to have an altar. Every marriage needs an altar. Every preacher ought to have an altar, but for that matter, every Christian ought to have an altar. The altar is not just the padded steps in your church. It is any place you decide, I'll meet with God at that place. And big things happen when you bend a knee at an old-fashioned altar. I want to challenge you. I want to ask you, do you have an altar? I was at Lester Roloff's ministry not long ago. Of course, he's in heaven, but I went and visited the facilities where he used to pastor and preach. And uh, Lester Roloff had that radio broadcast called The Family Altar. And that was such a, a strong broadcast in that day, but also The Family Altar was such a strong emphasis then. I bet you I bet you 90% or higher of Christians today do not even have a time of prayer together, a time of study together, a time of worship together. It was good enough for Noah. It was good enough for Abraham. It was good enough for Joshua. It was good enough for Moses. There's an altar up in heaven you read in the book of Revelation. It ought to be good enough for you and I. We need the altar. Don't get it. Don't get rid of it. And don't de-emphasize it. Let's get back to it. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Until next time, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival. 